Uh, like Michael said, my name's Drew. I've been here on staff for uh, three years now, and I absolutely love it. Um, I, uh, I graduated from Appalachian State in 2004, and uh, when I did, I moved uh, back home to Greensboro. I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina, and uh, worked there for a few years. I was in real estate, selling homes for a few years. Uh, wanted to get out of that. I timed it perfectly. I had no idea I would, but like when the housing market went down, I, I left like right before, so I looked like a genius, but I had no clue. Um, I just, I was ready for a change, and then I went and worked at a marketing firm for a few years, and then, uh, long story short, um, I felt the Lord calling me uh, to join staff with Camps Crusade. It had a big impact on my life when I was in college at Appalachian, and uh, my wife, Kelly, uh, went here, graduated from here in 2004, and uh, she worked uh, with Campus Crusade for a few years as well. So we're excited to be here. And speaking of my wife, I have to show off a picture of my wife and my baby Lucy. So there they are. So Lucy's got this funny look on her face. She's kind of like, what's going on here? So I had to th- throw up another picture of Lucy. There she is. So, yeah. So, uh, so you don't have just the picture of her uh, pooping in her pants. Um, <laughs> you can see that. So I, I love them both dearly. Um, and Lucy has me... Wrapped around her finger. So how, how, could, how could I not? She's adorable. So not that I'm partial or anything. Um, but no, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to speak to you guys tonight. Um, I'm excited not because I think I've got some incredible message that's going to knock your socks off. Um, but I'm excited because uh, what I'm going to talk about, it's near and dear to my heart. Um, and honestly, it's something I struggle with. Um, a lot, and uh, I haven't perfected, I never will uh, while I'm here on, on this earth, but um, it's something I'm learning a lot about, and, uh, and uh, by God's grace, I'm, I'm walking with Him every day and growing, and um, it's, it's fun. So, but anyways, I'm, I'm excited to share with you all um, tonight, and it's uh, some familiar verses um, for you guys, it, sh- it should be at least, because we, we talked about these two verses two weeks ago in this very room. Don Sandberg uh, spoke, and uh, he talked about uh, Mark chapter 8, uh, verses 34 and 35, and I was sitting in the back with a couple of guys, and, uh, and he started talking, and I've been wanting to talk about this for a while, and, uh, and he's like, yeah, these are the verses I'm going to talk about tonight. And I'm like, oh, man. But uh, I was talking to some people on the staff team, and they said, go ahead. So we're going we're gonna to hit this hard again, Mark uh, chapter 8, verses 34 and 35. Um, and I'm just going to read them real quick. Uh, uh, they should be, yeah, they're up here on the screen. And it says, uh, and calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. Uh, so that's where we're going to be going tonight. Uh, just going to be looking at uh, what it means and what it looks like uh, to truly follow Jesus and to walk with him. Uh, why and then how we do that. So that's where we're going to be going tonight. Uh, but first, I kind of wanted to share with you guys uh, my story, my background. Um, I don't want to share it because it's some... Um, crazy story. You're not going to hear it and be crying when you're done. It's not some amazing testimony. Um, But the reason, one of the main reasons I want to share is because I feel like a lot of you guys, not all, and and I recognize that we all came from different backgrounds, but but I feel like um, a lot of you can relate to it. Um, So, you know, so I wanted to kind of share that, and I think this is where a lot of you guys may have been or or are now. I don't know. We'll see. But um, for me, 
Uh, like I said, I grew up in Greensboro. I was born and raised there. Um, I've got two wonderful parents who love the Lord. They are here tonight. I'm glad they could come. And I uh, love them to death. And uh, so growing up, um, I, I, I was privileged. I, I grew up in a great home. Um, they taught me right from wrong. And uh, at a young age, uh, when I was seven years old, I remember praying to receive Christ with my mom. Uh, and uh, I think we were up in my room and uh, just kneeling over the bed and prayed. And I, I prayed. I, I, I didn't fully understand everything, but I knew that, that there's a God in heaven who loved me. And wanted to have a personal relationship with me. Um, but also knew that I'm, I'm not perfect. It comes a shock to some of you guys, but I'm not perfect, believe it or not. Uh, no, I'm a sinner. I, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner. And um, because of that, I can't. I couldn't have a relationship with God. Um, so I, but the good news is, is that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come down to this earth to live a perfect life. And then Jesus died on the cross in my place to pay the penalty for my sins. And um, because of that, I can, I can have a relationship with God. So I prayed that prayer when I was seven years old. And uh, from that, that point on, um, you know, honestly, at the time, the biggest reason I prayed that um, wasn't so much to have a relationship with God. It was, it was more to me, it was a get out of hell card. I, I didn't want to go to hell. And uh, that's, that was kind of what I understood at that point. So kind of fast forwarding uh, a few years um, kind of late elementary school and into middle school. Um, I wasn't a horrible kid, um, but at the same time, I, I was living for myself. Um, I mean, kind of one of the earliest things I remember is I remember, uh, I think I was in fifth, sixth grade. Uh, I think it was fifth grade. And um, we were out on the playground, and we were playing. And, um, you know, the cool thing to do was was to cuss. And, um, and so, you know, I cussed. And, something, and someone, like, looked at me, and they were like, Drew, what, do you cuss? I didn't know you cussed. I was like, what are you talking about? All the time. Yeah, I cuss. Which <laughs> is not true. Um, actually, you know what's funny is, as I'm sharing this stuff, I've realized that some of this stuff my, my parents don't know. <laughs> not that, you know, that's a huge deal, but, um, so, but, uh, you know. Um, but then after that, I started stealing thousands of dollars from my parents, and, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, uh, no, I, I didn't do that, but I, I did. I wasn't a perfect kid by any means. But growing up, middle school, high school, um, you know, I, I just wanted to live life for myself. I wanted to be popular. I wanted to date girls. I wanted to, you know, be the man. I wanted to be on our soccer team. At, at our school, we didn't have a football team. It was a small Christian school. So soccer was like the sport to play, and I wanted to be on the team and, and be good at that. And, um, and uh, so that's what I lived for um, all throughout middle school, high school. Uh, going into college, first part of college, um, that's what I was doing. I was living for me, and I was doing what I wanted to do. And um, I wanted to satisfy myself. Um, so uh, I, I remember um, it was, I think it was my junior year of college, um, and I was involved with Campus Crusade for a while. And, and again, I, I knew what it meant to have a relationship with Christ. Um, I had one. I was trying to have quiet times, um, and uh, I was trying to walk with the Lord, um, but at the same time, I'm still trying to live life for myself. And I remember, um, <laughs> I always hate sharing this, it sounds so cheesy, but I remember it was Valentine's Day, um, I, don't, I don't know what year, but I was a junior, and um, I, had, I wasn't in a relationship, I had been dating some girl, and we had broken up, and so I was kind of upset about that, and I just, you know, I was just down. And I, I'm not, I really don't care that much about Valentine's Day. It's not a huge deal, but it was just, I don't know, something was going on. So 
um, I, was, I was sad. And then I, I go into our student union, and um, uh, I just remember seeing, I feel like everywhere I looked, I just saw couples, you know, it's all couples together. And they're just having a great time, loving life, you know. And then, and then I was with one of my friends, we were going to check our mailbox to see if we got any mail. And he opens up his mailbox, and he's got a little note in there, he's like, you have a package. And she's like, oh, cool. And uh, so he goes, he gets a package from his parents, you know, from his mom's, like cookies and all kinds of stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. You know, I didn't have a package. I love you, mom. It's okay. But, uh, <laughs> but... I didn't have a package or anything like that. And uh, so I was like, what in the world? You know, so I just felt like the world was against me that day. It was just stupid. It's uh, so stupid. But um, that's how I was feeling. And uh, I, I remember I came back to my apartment and uh, I was just down. And uh, uh, I opened up my Bible and um, I guess it was where I'd been reading. But, but I turned to Psalm uh, chapter 73, verses 25 and 26. And, uh, and there it says, uh, let me make sure I get it right, but it says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. Uh, God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And I will never forget that day as long as I live. I just feel like in that moment, I feel like God wrote that verse for me and just for me. Um, and I, I don't know what it was, but it just, I felt like he had just took a two by four and just whacked me upside the head in a loving way and said, Drew, you don't need, you don't need all these different things. You're trying to fill this void in your life with relationships, with, with, uh, you know, whatever popularity, what, whatever it is, you, you're trying to fill this void in your life and, and you're not going to find it in anything else but in me. And, um, so that, that was, um, uh, the start of kind of a new day for me and, um, I mean, my life hasn't been perfect since then. I've still struggled with those different things at times. Um, but uh, that was, that was a, a turning point in my life. And um, so that was a really neat thing that, that God did in my life. And the reason, again, I share that is not because, again, it's the most powerful testimony you've ever heard. But um, like I said, I, I think, and I could be wrong, but I think that's where a lot of you are. Or some of you are. I don't know how many. But I think a lot of you have, have maybe you know, prayed the prayer, you've received Christ, and uh, you know what it means to have a relationship with God, but at the same time, it's, it hasn't been all it's cracked up to be, um, and you're like, I feel like there's something more, and um, so that's why I wanted to share that with you um, tonight, and you'll see why in a minute, but let's um, open up your Bibles, if you will, with me, and we're going to tr- turn to Mark chapter 8, um, but before we get into verses 34 and 35, I want to give a little bit of background. Um, uh, in chapter 8, uh, Jesus and his disciples, they've been traveling around to different places for a while. Uh, the beginning of chapter 8, uh, Jesus he perform, performs a couple of miracles. And uh, one of the miracles is he feeds the 4,000. And I'm not going to go into that story, but it's, it's a really cool story what Jesus does. And then later on in the chapter, he uh, heals a blind man. Uh, so at this point, the, he's really kind of getting into full swing in his ministry. Word's starting to spread about, about who Jesus is. Um, and uh, so the buzz is out there now. And uh, so Jesus uh, and his disciples, they left um, this certain place, and they're going somewhere else, and he sees a kind of a teaching opportunity. And so he, um, he asks his guys a few questions. And let me just read uh, for you those questions. It's verses uh, 27 through 30. And he says, uh, And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way he asked his disciples, Who do, who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. And then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And, uh, and this is interesting. This is key. Uh, Peter says, uh, you are the Christ. 
And, uh, and then Jesus strictly charged them not to tell no one about it. Um, and uh, that's important, what Peter said. He said, you're the Christ. And it was, when he said that, he was correct. It was a, it was a correct statement. And uh, I don't know exactly what Jesus is thinking, but I think he was thinking something along the, line, along the lines of, yeah, Peter, you're right, you're right, but what does that mean to you? See, back in, in, in the Jewish culture in this day, um, the Christ meant Messiah or the Savior. And uh, there was all kinds of Old Testament prophecy that's talking about Jesus coming. Um, they don't know for sure it's Jesus, but they're talking about the Messiah that's coming. So the Jews, they're under Roman rule, okay? The, the, you know, Rome has taken over the world at this point, or a lot of the known world or whatever at this point. And uh, so, you know, they, they're looking for freedom, and they're thinking that their Messiah is going to come and and save them. He's going to, I don't know how, I don't know if it's Jesus starts a revolt and, you know, and they kick the Romans out. I, I don't know what they're thinking exactly, but some, that's kind of what they're thinking. Um, so, but it's important because um, uh, Jesus, um, he takes a different approach. Um, in verses 31 through 33, uh, he says this, uh, and he began to teach them uh, that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. Uh, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Uh, but turning and seeing his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Um, and uh, so, what's going on here? <laughs> um, I think what's going on here is, well, one, Jesus just rocked the disciples' world. So they weren't expecting that. This is one of three times in the book of Mark that, that Jesus uh, predicts his, his death and resurrection. And this was the first time that this happened. So this is one of the first times the disciples are kind of hearing, what do you mean you're going to die? You're going to be rejected by the Pharisees and the teachers? What do you mean you're going to be rejected? Uh, so it kind of throws them for a loop. Uh, and uh, I think that's what happened to Peter. He was like, what? And I love Peter's, I love his passion, um, but sometimes he can get ahead of himself, and I relate well to him because I'm, I'm that way um, often as well. But um, so Peter kind of steps in, and like it says here, he rebukes him. And uh, again, we don't know exactly what he says, but I've been reading commentaries and trying to figure out like what was going on, and kind of what it was saying is he was shocked. You know, he, that's not what his view of what Jesus was supposed to do. Um, so he was, you know, kind of thinking, wait a minute, you know, that's, that's not what I signed up for. Uh, no, thank you, Jesus. When I signed up to follow you, I didn't sign up for this brand of suffering. I don't, I don't want to die. Um, I, I should probably expect to suffer too. Is that what you're saying? Uh, and I'd really rather not deal with that. Um, that's that's kind of what they've been saying, that Peter was just in shock, and that's how he was rebuking Jesus, and then Jesus sets him straight quickly. Um, so what I'm getting at, and the first point I want to make is um, to accept Jesus as Lord or to truly follow him is to accept not only his glory, but also his suffering and rejection and death. Um, so it's, it's one thing to accept Jesus for all the cool miracles he was doing and all those things, but also for the things that were to come. Um, and the second point I, w- I wanted to make, uh, kind of on the same note, is we need to treasure Christ more than comfort or safety. Uh, And that takes us to verse 34. If you will, look at verse 34 with me. Um, It says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Um, So 
if someone wants to truly follow G- Jesus, uh, what it's saying in this verse is he's got to deny himself. Um, and what does that mean to deny yourself? Um, well, I looked up the definition for self-denial in Webster's, and this is what it says. It says a restraint or limitation of one's own desires or interests. Um, but I think an even better way to kind of um, understand this is to kind of look at what it's, what it's not and look at the opposite of it. And the opposite of self-denial is the idol of self-gratification. Um, living for yourself, wanting to do what you want to do, pleasing yourself. And, um, you know, Jesus says you got to deny yourself. And, uh, and then he goes on to say, and not only that, you need to take up your cross. And uh, what, what does that mean, to take up your cross? And kind of the same thing, let's look at the opposite of what taking up your cross is. And, and, and what that is, is it's the idol of self-preservation, which is basically looking out for your own interests, looking out again for yourself and doing what you want to do, taking care of yourself. And, and not anybody else or caring about anybody else. Um, so that's uh, uh, verse 34. Um, but it goes on in verse 35, and he keeps talking. And he says, uh, and, and this is the third point I want to make, is true life is lost by failing to follow Christ in the way of the cross. Let me say that again. True life is lost by failing to follow Christ in the way of the cross. Um, so let's look at verse 35. Verse 35 says, Forever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Um, Jesus endured the cross by his gaze beyond the pain. He looked beyond the pain and and knew his purpose of why he had to die for us. Um, Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Uh, We as believers are called to do the same thing. Uh, we're, we're called to endure our present sufferings in this life uh, for the gospel, for the hope of our future glory someday in heaven. And uh, honestly, it's kind of hard for me to, to even say uh, for us here in America because um, our suffering is, is nothing like what Jesus and later on his disciples suffered. Um, you know, for us, it's uh, maybe someone ridiculing us. And that's hard for me. I'm not going to lie. I, I I, I, fear drives me a lot, and uh, I don't want to go up and talk to this guy and him thinking, oh, this dude's weird. Um, you know, so that's, that's hard for me too, but, um, but it's hard to think about when we talk about suffering. What we have to suffer really is, is nothing like what, what they had to have to suffer or what a lot of people have to suffer um, around the world um, to, to share their faith uh, or to believe what, what they want to believe about Christ and who he is and what he's done for us. Um, so that's kind of humbling when you think about it that way. But, um, but I also want us to look at one more verse, what Paul says in Romans 8.18. He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Um, it's a good verse. Um, so, okay, we kind of looked at these couple of verses here. And we kind of look at what they're saying. You know, we get, we've got to deny ourselves. We've got to pick up our cross. And follow Jesus, you know. And we, we can't try to save our own life and live it for ourselves. Um, we got to surrender to Jesus and what he wants for us. Um, but for me, um, I, it's hard for me to just hear, okay, what? What is this verse saying? Um, a question I, I always ask myself a lot of times about a lot of different things is why? Like, why do we need to do these things? Um, so, we've, again, we've talked about what, so Why? Uh, I know I'm supposed to surrender my life to Christ. I, I know I'm supposed to truly follow him. 
and what that looks like, but why? And, and if I'm being honest, uh, that's hard to do. I mean, I, it's, it's hard. I, I want to live life for myself. I want to do what I want to do. We're all selfish at times, some more than others, but we're all selfish and want to do what we want to do. Um, but a uh, couple of reasons why, uh, and one I shared earlier, and that's why I shared my story uh, with you of uh, my life and some of my, my struggles um, is uh, I, I tried doing that. I tried living life for myself. Um, I, I tried to please myself, you know, whether it was through um, relationships, um, whether it was through popularity uh, later on when I was working, whether it was through making lots of money. Um, you, there's, you can fill the blank. There's a million different things that we all try to fill a void within our life, that we're all striving to make better grades, to have this kind of power to, again, relationships, whatever, you name it. We all do it. We all do it. Um, but I, I just want to tell you that from experience, I'm not too much older than you guys, but I am a little bit. I'm 30, about to be 31. And uh, I can tell you, I can promise you that trying to live life for yourself, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It will never, ever satisfy you. It, it, it just won't. Um, and some of you may know that and have experienced that, and some of you may not. But I, I can tell you now, I don't care if you graduate and, and 30 years from now you're a multimillionaire, billionaire. Um, and that's fine if you are. I'm not saying it's bad to make money. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you look to that to fulfill you, it won't. Um, so that's what I'm trying to say. And one example of this that's just vivid in my mind, and I've shared this with all the guys I disciple and different people, and, um, but uh, I remember this vividly. Um, I, was, I was in 2005. I'd been out for about a year. Uh, I was working. I was making decent money. I mean, obviously way more than I was in college. Um, you know, I wasn't stealing from my parents anymore. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, so I'd been saving up money. I'd been saving up to buy a car. And I was looking at different cars to buy. And um, it's kind of cool to now, like, kind of have a choice of what I wanted to buy within reason. I wasn't, like, looking to buy a Mercedes or something. <laughs> that wasn't quite my budget. But uh, so, but I was looking for a car to buy. And I, I finally landed on one. And, and uh, I wanted to get the new, it was a new model just come out, the 2005 Nissan Xterra. And uh, it was perfect for me. I, I loved it. I thought it was a great car. And um, I did. I bought it new, which isn't wise, but that's for another talk. Um, but uh, so I, I bought my car. Uh, I remember I drove with my, my brother, t- took me there. Uh, we went to Wilkesboro. I had a buddy that I knew from college, and he, he gave me a good deal on it. And I uh, bought the car. You know, we get it. We're driving back. You know, Aaron's following me, my brother. And uh, it was exciting. It was fun, and it was exciting. Uh, it was cool, and, and that's okay. It's okay that it was exciting and fun. Um, but I remember it was a week later, I got in my car. I was going wherever I was going. I don't remember. I had somewhere I needed to be. And I, as I'm driving, it just dawned on me. Like while I was driving, I'd gotten in. I hadn't thought twice about, oh, sweet, I'm driving my new car. This is great. It just dawned on me like that. I was like, wow, the newness, the, the fun of it, the excitement, has already worn off. It had been a week. And at this point, this is the biggest purchase I had ever made in my life, you know. And uh, you, can, you can relate to that. Think of it Christmas when you were a kid. You know, you're all excited about this new toy, and you get it, and you play with it for two days, and then you put it down, you know. So the newness of things wear off quickly. Um, so, 
I just kind of wanted to share that, but also I know it's, it's one thing to hear from me talking about buying a Nissan Xterra, but I want you to hear there's a video we're going to play, and it's Tom Brady, quarterback, New England Patriots. And I want you to just uh, listen. It's a very short video clip, so um, just uh, listen to this video real quick. And a lot of you may have seen it. Um, so. Tom Brady, the quarterback of the New England Patriots, is not only one of the NFL's best players, he's one of the NFL's great stories. At the tender age of 30, he has already won three Super Bowls, an accomplishment that ranks him with some of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game. And he's having one of the greatest seasons in pro football history. When we first reported on him back in 2005, he seemed underrated and almost overlooked. He doesn't have the arm of Peyton Manning, and he doesn't have tattoos, and he doesn't take steroids, and he's never held out for more money. All he knows how to do is win. <laughs> this is what you always wanted. You're right. You're right. It has. And I didn't think it came with all the other baggage, though. In addition to his success on the field and his sex appeal off it, there is also the $60 million 10-year contract to play with the Patriots. I mean, I'm making more money now than I ever thought I could ever make playing football. <laughs> but with all that money, fame, and career accomplishments, we were surprised to hear this from him. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings? And, and still think there's something greater out there for me. I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is me. I thank God. It's got to be more than this. What's the answer? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Um, so... Probably a lot of football fans in here, but if you don't know, again, Tom Brady's a quarterback in the New England Patriots. You heard him say he's won three Super Bowls. He's literally married to a supermodel. He's got millions of dollars. He's got a couple of kids, I think. Um, to the world standards, he's got everything. I mean, he's a good-looking dude, okay? I mean, I can admit that. He's a good-looking dude. I mean, he, in the world standard, he's got everything that he could ever dream of. Okay, so it's one thing to me talk about Nissan Xterra and the excitement of that wearing off quickly. That's Tom Brady, okay? And he's talking about, he's like, I don't, there's got to be something more. I'd love to talk to him and tell him what that is. Um, but uh, so I, I just think that's telling. Um, and uh, Damon shared that video with me. I'm glad he did because I just think that's crazy. Um, so that's one reason why. It just, it truly doesn't satisfy um, and the second is, Jesus is the only one who can truly satisfy us. Um, he said in John six thirty five, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Uh, Psalm 73, 20, 25 and 26, I said it earlier, I'm going to say it again. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And then the last one, last verse I want to read is Philippians three thirteen through twenty. And this is Paul talking. Uh, and remember, Paul, uh, greatest missionary that ever lived. Paul endured so so much suffering for what he believed, and uh, so it's amazing. Just just remember that as I'm reading these verses. Um, he says, "Not that I've already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me His own." Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind 
and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have obtained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. They want to please themselves. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So that's Paul. So we've talked about what these verses are saying. We've talked about why we want to truly follow Jesus. Um, And then quickly, I, I just feel like I'd be doing you a disservice if I didn't talk about how. How do we do that? So I just want to quickly um, touch on how we do that. Um, and uh, let me go back. There we go. Uh, so um, there's a couple of verses I want to share with you. Um, but, but I want you to know something, and you're probably asking, okay, how, how do I do this? How do I live the Christian life? How do I stop wanting all these other things and want Jesus more than anything else? And the truth is, is you can't. You can't do it. There's no way. Um, you can't do it. So I'm not here to depress you. There's good news. Um, the good news is this, John 6, 28 and 29, um, the, uh, there's some people talking to Jesus and, uh, they say, what must we do, uh, to be doing the works of God? Basically what, Jesus, what do we do to live the Christian life? How, how do we actually live it out? And he says, this is the work of God that you believe in him who has sent you. Uh, and then Mark 1, 15 says, uh, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Um, Y'all, we're called to a life of repentance and faith. It's that simple. Um, I I feel like so often I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do that, I'm trying to read my Bible, I'm trying to pray, and those are good things and we need to do them. I'm not saying they're bad things. Um, But but there's something more, and it's uh, it's, it's called repentance and faith. We need to, you, you need to get into the habit and learn uh, when, when you sin, when you mess up, and we do it every day, I certainly do. When you sin in that moment, that, that you remember it, that you realize that you goofed, you need to confess it to God. God, I am sorry, I sinned. You call it sin, call it for what it is. Um, and then when you do that, you repent. You turn the other way from it. And then, and here's the part that's hard for me, is uh, often I, I want to beat myself up about that and feel guilty about what I did. Um, but that's not, what, that's not what the Lord wants from us. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that's why you need to repent and then believe. You need to trust in the promises of God and what he did for you. He promised you that he will forgive you uh, and, and wipe your, your plate clean. You are, you are clean. You are seen as holy and righteous and blameless in God's eyes. And that is the freedom that we talk about living um, the Christian life. Um, that's how you can do it. And, and as you get into a habit of doing that, I guarantee you, you'll see God do some awesome things in your life. Um, so, but I want to, I want to close by reading a quick story to you guys. Um, this is about a, a woman named Karen. Uh, she's a missionary. It's like a turn of, well, not this century, but 1900s. Um, and uh, my dad shared this story with me. And, uh, it's about, uh, um, there's a missions organization 
And uh, when they would send people overseas to go off, again, this is, this is a while ago, so it's not like us leaving today, hop on a plane, you know, to go to, um, you know, some other country, and it's pretty easy to get back. Um, for them, it was, it was a big deal. And what they would literally do is uh, they would have a coffin, and they would put all their possessions in this coffin, and, uh, and they'd write a letter to their family and friends. And uh, if they died, then they would um, give this letter to their family and friends, and, um, and that was it. So uh, Karen uh, died, and this is her letter. She says, Dear Pastor, uh, you should only be opening this letter in the event of my death. When God calls, there are no regrets. I've tried to share my heart with you as much as possible, my heart for the nations. I wasn't called to a place. I was called to him. To obey was my objective. To suffer was expected. His glory, my reward. His glory, my reward. The missionary heart cares more than some think is wise, risks more than some think is safe, dreams more than some think is practical, and expects more than some think is possible. I was not called to comfort or success, but to obedience. There's no joy outside of knowing Jesus and serving him. I love you and my church family and his care, Karen. Um, so my, my question to you guys tonight is, uh, do you want to truly follow Jesus? Is it worth it to you? Uh, it, it might mean you suffer. Maybe not like Karen, uh, but it might mean you suffer um, in this world. But uh, remember, um, our, our life is short. Um, it's Proverbs or Psalms, one of those, but it talks about how our life is, is, is but a vapor. We're here and then we're gone. Um, it's a short life, especially when you think in terms of eternity. So do you want to truly follow Jesus in this life? Uh, my next question is, do you want to experience true joy and satisfaction that comes from only knowing Christ? Or do you want to keep piddling around, trying to do the things that you want to do and trying to please yourself, and ultimately failing every single time? Um, and last, are you willing to suffer to truly follow Jesus? Um, so I just want to challenge you guys with that tonight. Let me pray. Um, Father, I just thank you um, for the opportunity to kind of share my heart and what, I, what I'm dealing with and what I struggle with at times, Lord. And I admit that I um, often want to live life for myself and please me and do the things I want to do. Um, but Lord, uh, they really do uh, never, ever last. And uh, I, I pray as we try to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit um, that you've given us, that um, we would experience true joy and satisfaction that only comes uh, from knowing you. I thank you for each student here that came tonight. I pray that you'd be working in our hearts, and I just pray you give us a great uh, Friday tomorrow and a great weekend, and I uh, pray all this in your name. Amen.